Welcome, everyone, to the Gen X Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Mario Piper. With me is my co-host, Suzanne Peterson. Hi, Suzanne. Hi. How are you? Good, good. Good. (laughs) Awesome. And joining us this week is a special guest. His name is Billy Sanford. He's from uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome, Billy, to the podcast. Hi, Mario. Hi, Suzanne. I'm honored to speak with you both. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on. We're very excited to talk to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is episode 35, and this is kind of a special thing because 35 millimeter, (laughs) one of the most (laughs) popular. (laughs) Exactly. I love it. My favorite format. Um, So thanks all. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. And again, Billy, for coming on. So um, I guess I first wanted to start, uh, start by finding out how everybody's week is going. Uh, we'll start with you, Suzanne. How's your week going? It is going pretty well. I'm glad to ha- be rolling into 2022, finally. Um, I was able to get into the darkroom this weekend, so that was even better. I haven't been in for a little bit just with the surgery and just, you know, life stuff that's been happening. Mm-hmm. I haven't had much extra time, so I had some unexpected time at home yesterday, and it's like I am pulling out the chemicals, so things have been good. Did you get any good uh good results from it yes yeah so far um i did a couple uh 35 millimeter negatives that the first one i knew was going to be tricky because it was from a longer time ago it was like really mixed lighting and it was just an image that i loved anyway so i decided "Ah, i'm just going to print it and it it came out okay then i started using some negatives that i knew i had better exposures on and boy does that make a difference (laughs) you know it's like when you can just print maybe a couple of them instead of six of them to get what you want but yeah so i i've printed three different images and this evening i'm hoping to get another another couple under my belt just to that i really like from my last couple rolls cool what kind of paper are you using by the way i'm just using the multi-grade rc Okay. It's the Ilford multigrain. Um, I have a bunch that was gifted to me when before I even had the dark room, and I knew I was going to eventually have it. So I've just been tucking it away, and I'm really glad I had it, just because you know learning is it takes a lot of paper. It so, does. Yeah, <laughs> Surprising so amounts. Cut, yeah. So <laughs> cutting it down in half so that I'm you know pretty much just printing like half sheets now. I did a couple eight by tens because the the last one I did not eight by tens but eight by eight was from my uh, Yashika or the Rolly, I can't remember which one, but mostly I stick to five by seven unless it's one that I want to get bigger, but yeah. Yeah, so just basic paper seems to work. It's fascinating how that that, uh, paper, even though it might be kind of old or expired, it does still have life to it. We, I know my wife and I have experienced using old paper and it's still good. It's really interesting. Yeah, I'm actually impressed that it wasn't at first when I very first was darkroom printing and I was using that paper, it, nothing was turning out right. But I think mm. it had more to do with my lack of knowledge of how to set the enlarger because it was a color head versus a black and white. Mm. Uh, I don't even know if I'm using the right terms head. I don't uh, know either. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, it had, the other one was colored. Then I got the Bessler and that one is just black and white and I can use the filters and so it could have been lack of, you know, user knowledge here, but I was glad because I pulled them back out and they are like blacks are super black and it does. I just love it. Cool. I get lost in there. <laughs> That's so cool. So yeah. cool. Well, Billy, how's your week going? So far, so good. Of course, we uh, 
I was off the last couple of weeks of, of 2021, and uh, so this past week was mostly getting back into the groove of, mm-hmm. of being at work. I, I, well, I'm working from home, but still yep. uh, back in the meetings and everything. And then um, yesterday, so uh, this is my first year participating in the Frugal Film Project. That, Me too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So Sherry, you know, Sherry and Jake over at Embrace the Grain, they sort of organize uh, that project where you, I think they've done it differently in the past, but this year, as I understand it, the rules are that you get a camera that's $75 or less. Mm-hmm. And and maybe in the past, you shot one sort of film for half the year and a different sort of film for the other half. But this year, it's, it's one film for the whole year through. Okay. So... I, I've been feeling the 120 a little bit more lately, so I uh, found a Kodak 66, which is a folder, and oh. I've never shot with a folder before, so that's a new oh, experience for me. <laughs> and uh, we'll be shooting FOMA 100. Uh, Freestyle had a good deal on the on the retro packaging, so loaded up on that. And then and then we had a bright sunny day yesterday, so. Went out early to a local railroad museum. It's it's like a train yard with a bunch of old cars uh, parked at it, and you know plenty of nice patina and rust and yes. <laughs> old old metal cars. So uh, spent most of the morning being really intentional. You know, you know, sort of the underlying theme of this whole project is if you shoot with one camera, one film over an extended period of time, you kind of get a feel for the camera and the film, I guess. So especially with this being the first month of it, I wanted to be really intentional. I was writing down all my settings I used and, um, you know, I, I have not had a chance to develop them yet, but but definitely the plan is to go back afterwards and find out, you know, which if all of the shutter speeds appear to be working well and the <laughs> apertures and and just see how everything turned out. But was was really glad because uh, the last, you know, with Christmas and the holidays and everything, didn't get to do a lot of shooting the last couple of weeks. So it was good to get back out there. And then on the uh, since Suzanne mentioned it, I actually got a. Uh, an 11 by 14 easel in the mail this morning. Oh. Uh, so I've, you know, I've got a little dark room uh, in the closet under my stairs. If you see the door behind me, uh-huh. <laughs> the listeners won't be able to see it, but that's sort of our little utility closet in the, in the home. And I have my uh, enlarger set up in there and there's enough room, you know, there's no running water of course, but there's room to set up the trays and, and do a little bit of, that sort of basic um, darkroom work, but I've never had an easel. You know, they it, it, they always seem more expensive than you <laughs> than you think they would be. Yeah. Um, but finally, you know, that was sort of a, a belated Christmas present um, nice. from my wife. So very grateful for that, and and looking forward to being able to make a few prints now with borders. <laughs> That's cool. That's very, very cool. cool. <laughs> Cool. cool. You know, uh, thinking about the the Frugal Foam project, um, it is. I, I think it's such a, a cool thing to what Sherry and, and Jake are doing as far as helping us to get to know one camera and get to know one film. Um, for myself, I'm 
using a, a Pentax uh, Spotmatic that was given to me the, by this man in southern Vermont, along with a, a free Vivitar 135 millimeter lens. You know, it was all free. Oh. Right. It's definitely okay. below $75. <laughs> That's right. And uh, That's awesome. Yeah. And then um, bought my wife and I bought a, a bulk roll of um, Arista EDU 200. Mm-hmm. You uh, <laughs> helped me yeah. with that. So um, Arista EDU 200. And it's so far really, really good film. I I really love the grain of it. It's mm-hmm. um, It's got this, I don't know, just old school look to it. That's that's really nice. But it's it's going to be kind of a an interesting challenge to use only 135 millimeter and right. 200 speed film, which I'm not used to either one. <laughs> that's right. And you, black you, and white. <laughs> I mean, traditionally you lean a little bit more on the color emotions, don't you? I do. I do. And slow emotions, emotions. <laughs> <laughs> right. Super slow. Super slow. Yeah. That's so right. it'll be, it'll be interesting. It will be. And you know, sort of, uh, you do a little bit of experimenting too. So, uh, this, what, you know, to piggyback on what you were saying, I, I mean, that's the thing that I think, um, I've come to get a little bit better grip on within the community. I wasn't sure, you know, what most people's approach was. I, for me, that's sort of the way I'm wired anyway, is mm-hmm. to, you know, you, when I came into film it was sort of like a I was at the buffet you know let me try a little bit of this a little bit of that (laughs) yeah but but as I've gotten further into it I've tried to you know eliminate some of the variables to kind of hone in on the thing Mm -hmm. that uh that that I'm comfortable with that I know how you know to work with it to get what I'm going for but the the whole experimental thing I think is kind of the point to photography for a lot of folks yeah and that's great too i mean it's it's great that we can all sort of get something out of it it's true it's true i know recently uh well one of my latest roles that i'm doing i, I have yet to shoot through it but i'm red scaling a uh <laughs> ectochrome e100 okay <laughs> so, wow so i don't know what red scaled slide film will be like but i'm just curious <laughs> i love red scale and i love right. slide film so i want to see if the combination will produce anything interesting but are you filming that right. yourself or are you going to send it off yeah i i don't have the chemicals or the knowledge to do that i i probably could i mean it's probably not that much different than c41 but uh i, I don't trust myself yeah i never <laughs> i mean i've only cross-processed it's like yeah. so i wouldn't know what to do either i'd like to try cross-processing but <sighs> slide film is just so beautiful to look through yeah i, I just don't I don't want to like even like uh, what was it the uh roly crossbird that's meant oh. to be cross-processed but i just sent it off to be developed in e- in e6 chemicals and i love it even though it's meant to be developed in c41 so yeah i don't know <laughs> but yeah anyways well sounds good um let's get on uh get on into the uh interview uh, billy what what is your history with photography, um, be it digital or analog or the combination of both? Just kind of let the listeners know a bit more about yourself. Right. Absolutely. Well, you know, keeping with the, the theme of this podcast, I am a Gen Xer. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So 
so grew up shooting film, of course, that's that's what there was. And probably, you know, I, I can't say that I was ever serious about it as a hobby. Of course, you know, all of the pictures back in those days were friends and family or holidays or vacations or that sort of thing. But pretty consistent throughout my life. I mean, I was always somebody who liked to take pictures and document the moment uh, to 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 get those memories. Um, and so then fast forward to, I guess, around 2008, 2009, maybe somewhere in there. Um, you know, by that point, we were into the digital era <laughs> mm-hmm. and bought a Canon Rebel XTI DSLR, you know, crop sensor, yep. 1600 ISO at the top end, you know, so 10 megapixels, I think, you know, a, a, a very good camera. Um uh, for me, for that point in time, uh, obviously things have progressed quite a bit in the digital <laughs> side since then. Um, but had this camera and and it was sort of at that point, you know, just the next evolution of, okay, I'm going to keep, you know, taking pictures to preserve memories and this is going to be the camera I'm going to use to do it with. But then, you know, started thinking, well, I've been taking pictures all my life and don't really know all of that much about photography. (laughs) So maybe I ought to, you know, try and learn something. So the local uh, botanical gardens here in Birmingham, they used to do like night classes on various arts and crafts. And a lot of it, of course, uh, centered around gardening or plants or that sort of thing. But because that's such a popular location for local photographers, you know, to to go and take pictures, they hired one of the guys that ran a a camera store here to teach night classes in photography. So did that, got hooked like we like, you know, many of us do started carrying my camera around with me everywhere, taking pictures every day, trying a little bit of everything, you know, macro landscape portraits, just anything and everything that I could think of to, to try and shoot. And, um, you know, so a few years after that, got married. Our son is very active in sports. So spent the next decade, you know, learning how to shoot a lot of action oriented (laughs) baseball and basketball and football and lacrosse and hockey. And, you know, he ultimately landed on pole vaulting, um, so just very active, uh, son. And, and that was, you know, sort of the bulk of my photography for, you know, around a decade there, but at least at that point, I knew a little bit more about what I was doing in terms of the exposure triangle and, <laughs> and all of that. Uh, so that was good. And then, uh, of course, you know, the pandemic hit and, you know, the year before that I had, uh, one of the other things I had done, I guess, in the interim, uh, another local college here does night classes on various you know, foreign languages or painting or music, and they had a photography course as well. So I started taking those classes, too. They would go six or seven weeks and they were around the theme. And that was really I, I mean, I was learning, but it sort of gave me an excuse, you know, <laughs> to do the assignments that they would give us uh, to to try and um, learn, you know, just continue learning about photography. And they were going to offer a a black and white film course 
they weren't going to focus on the developing or printing or anything like that. It was it was basically just sort of, I guess, a way to get people back into film. Oh, wow. That's pretty and cool. so, yeah, it, yeah, very much so. And so I, I, you know, I've been shooting Canon all of this time. And so I went on to Adorama and got a Canon EOS three because it could take my lenses and everything and, and was still a fairly modern, you know, it was one of the last film cameras, you know, at the prosumer level, I guess that, that Canon made. Yeah. Uh, so got that uh, thinking, you know, it would be, a little bit easier transition for me because it was very similar to my digital camera and it could take the lenses so got that got a few rolls of film shot those um was getting geared up for this class and then they canceled the class because not enough people signed up (laughs) that's so disappointing that's right uh (laughs) you know but i i had really enjoyed it and of course i wasn't developing at that point there was a sort of not not a professional lab per se but a group of retired photographers had opened up this little brick and mortar type shop and they would develop your film for you if you carried it in there so they had developed it and um, really enjoyed that and then the pandemic hit as I mentioned so you know I we can't know you know what path might have unfolded (laughs) uh, going back in time but but because that hit at the point that it did and you know i think we were probably all sort of searching for something to take our mind off things and so it it ended up being the perfect time for me because all of a sudden you know i had all of this extra time on my hands to learn how to develop my own film and learn how to darkroom print and you know just uh that's how you know, I, I, I came to be speaking with both of you today. That's awesome. Just, yeah, just love it, you know, getting back into film. And, and, and it really was, it was like learning exposure all over again. And, and just, you know, like I said, being at the buffet, let's try a little bit of everything and, and see what sticks. So it's been within the last couple of years that you've gotten in back into film photography. Yes. Uh, You know, I did shoot a couple of rolls of Triax in 2019, but outside of that, it was after March 2020 when when I dove into the deep end, so to speak. It's so (laughs) fascinating. You know, I just as you're talking, uh, you know, saying that it's just fascinating that so many people kind of share a somewhat similar trajectory that just within the last couple of years, people are getting back in into film it's like what's going on <laughs> it's That's a good right. thing but it's just like what's going on you know this That's collective right. uh you know push toward uh toward back toward the analog it's great yeah but i i agree yeah i agree i think you know because i'd heard a few people say you know when the pandemic hit they kind of got out of film and i was trying to figure out you know why that might have been for a little bit because my experience obviously was the complete opposite and I think you know part at least part of that was that I had so many things to learn it kept me engaged whereas maybe they were further down that path already and the thing you know the pandemic took away you know photo walks and and other things that they were probably you know where they were on their journey 
so it disrupted uh, disrupted it for them but I, I was so grateful you know to have this as a thing to to focus on and concentrate on yeah it was a nice opportunity within the context of what it actually <laughs> has happened yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was exactly it gave exactly. you a nice opportunity to to uh pursue it yeah that's that's cool that's cool yeah definitely um yeah i think that the pandemic was when i first started developing my own film uh two of my friends jf and sarah from tennessee they um they both heavily encouraged me to do it and i was so scared like i can't do this you know you get sweaty and everything but i'm so glad they did because that's you know helped my trajectory and it's also when i finished my dark room so <laughs> there are awesome. a few good things that came out of it not you know not many but right. um, so billy i noticed on your you talked about the sports photography and the fast action did you have you done much of that with film or is that mostly all digital I d so a lot of it was digital of course uh -huh. leading up to this point but the so the 2020 into 2021 was my son's last year of high school okay and so even though there were you, you know it, it was not a normal school year by any stretch but his main thing was uh pole vaulting like mm -hmm. i mentioned so they did track meets and so I did get a chance. I, I, I guess I should say part of leading up to that. I, I mean, I, the digital, I have photographed all of his sporting endeavors throughout his life. But as he's gotten a little bit older, mm -hmm. you know, on the Instagram and TikTok and yeah. uh, Snapfish and all that, you know, he's he's much more interested in video these days. Yeah. And I'm not very interested in video. <laughs> so, Same with you me. know, me either. That's right. <laughs> so with him not being as, you know, enthralled with with still images anymore, that was also sort of like the perfect uh, scenario for me to sort of start, you know, take less of the digital pictures mm -hmm. and start taking uh, some film images and and over that last year of high school with the track meets and all that sort of thing um, a lot of uh, you know it was probably 50 50 I would say digital and, and film because I was I was you know with the film and with the dark room and it being his last year of high school I'd had this idea sort of right before the school year started that I wanted to you know mix in as much film as I could as the school year went went along because I wanted to work on this project to give him for his graduation making uh prints the black uh -huh. and white prints so ended up you know and again there were not a, nearly as many in-person events <laughs> as there might be during a normal school year but you know we got the start of school we got you know they did they did do a prom uh, the numbers were a little bit more friendly yeah. around that time and then all of the uh, the track meet stuff ended up uh, getting enough to do that but circling back around to your question the, yeah. the track stuff was was a lot of the action yeah and great fun uh, well to, i love you know, a challenge. I what i was seeing like you have so many i have your instagram up here and mm -hmm. i just so my my kids were i had a soccer player and mm -hmm. had i have a soccer player she doesn't play anymore <laughs> um and then my older daughter was on the cheer team 
And okay. so I was just like, the, the kids when they were younger, of course, as you remember, we didn't have digital. So I did shoot their games on film. But I was wondering if you had any tips, like I'm just noticing some of these, you caught such a pivotal moment. And I know that for myself, when I was doing digital sports, it was a lot easier to get that moment just because you can fire off so many. Do you right. do you find, do you have any tips for people who want to shoot sports on film <laughs> without going <laughs> through like 20 rolls? That's right. Well, you know, uh, oh, gosh, get, <laughs> so I did have the benefit, you know, of, of using a more advanced, one of the last film cameras that was in production and nice lenses and that sort of thing, of course. So, yeah. so I, you know, I wish I could say I was just very skilled. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, the, the gear helped in that case. Um, sure. For sure. But I, I think sort of, you know, for that year specifically, the way that things evolved, I think maybe, you know, at the beginning of the year, I started out maybe 75% digital, 25% film. Mm -hmm. And as the year progressed, those numbers sort of reversed. Okay. So in the beginning, it was sort of working out what my strategy would be with digital. Right. And then once I felt sort of comfortable with that, then working more of the film into it to, to right. know when those, you know, to be able to anticipate a little bit better when those decisive moments might come up. Yeah, no, that's really smart, actually. Very smart. Because I, yeah, I would just literally just hold that shutter down. <laughs> yeah. And it was wonderful because, I mean, I, I, I'm so glad that I had that technology for, for soccer. Um, and for cheer, because Absolutely. again, you know, it's kind of cheer might be a little bit like pole vaulting because, you know, <laughs> throwing a kid up in the air. Um, That's right. But yeah, having that technology. But I was I I still really enjoyed shooting it on film, too. So I was just curious of your experiences and if you had any. But I like that tip of, you know, you can if you get familiar with the digital, you do. You're you are able to better anticipate when you when might be the decisive moment. <laughs> That's right. That's you know, right. I really think that there's no. Uh, no shame in using that technology uh, as, as far as the film cameras the later film cameras um they're just so capable you know um uh, right you know a lot of us love the old classic cameras and there's i totally am in that camp but the newer newer uh cameras you know they have higher iso uh, not iso high, that's digital speaking <laughs> they have higher <laughs> shutter speeds mm -hmm. um autofocus you know why not use it for oh totally you know instances where those old film cameras where, where it might be a little bit more difficult and you might not get the shot you know yeah capable, exactly i love it. i have the um, nikon f5 and oh, i wow. shoot that one for um like if we're doing things at the house like a birthday party because i do still like to use film it's just my preference mm -hmm. and so that one allows me to still be able to shoot in the, the environment and then I have my old you know mechanical cameras for when I'm going out and I have a slow process and I'm enjoying that but I yeah. I love it because then I can still shoot the look that I want but I do have the advantage of having a little more automated technology but I still get I get the best of both worlds so <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love them I love my f5 it's a fantastic camera that's right I, I agree go ahead yeah no no you go ahead <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was just going to say, I, I know this whole digital versus film thing is is a thing for some people. I, you know, hopefully not 
as much as maybe it has been in the past. But I I, I still love digital. I shoot a mm-hmm. lot of digital. Yeah. Um, you know, it, digital photography has given me some of the most important, you know, images in my in my life, Absolutely. and I'm I'm grateful for that, yeah. and grateful for the technology that you know lets us capture these moments that yeah. that maybe we wouldn't be able to otherwise. But but film gives, you know, film is the much more personal part of it for me. Um, so I you know, best of both worlds. Yeah, being able to. <laughs> I totally to have agree. my cake and eat it too. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I have this wall, which is behind you guys, of just like snapshots throughout the years of, of my girls. And most of those were probably taken on digital. And I'm like, oh my God, it's such a great, I'm so glad I have that shot. So yes, I agree. They, they serve different purposes, different tools right. for different things. Exactly. Um, I was thinking about the the whole idea of using one of those autofocus, you know, newer film cameras in relation to my daughter, you know, she has a, a Minolta SRT 101. She wanted to have one because I think because I love them, you know, and so I took her to the camera <laughs> shop and, you know, the, the, the owner of the shop was trying to get her to use maybe a simpler, smaller camera. And she's like, no, I'm going to have this one. So I'm like, OK, okay. but <laughs> it's hard for her. So my wife and I were thinking, right. you know, maybe one of the newer cameras. I mean, I have um, a Canon Rebel 2000, I think. EOS mm-hmm. Rebel 2000. So it's one of the earlier ones, or no, uh, one of the later later film cameras, um, but early on in the digital realm, I guess. So kind of in that right. transition. Right. And uh, it quit working, but it was like a $5 camera, but I have a lens. So yeah. the bodies are not that much. It might be kind of a nice thing to, because it's autom- you know, more automatic to get someone right. who's younger Right. To be able to just enjoy it, you know, without having yeah. to fuss with all the settings, you know. Yeah, totally. My, I know she's not looking for what my daughter should buy. Uh, my daughter has a point and shoot. Yeah. And it was probably like an $8 camera from Goodwill. And yeah. but she, for some reason, really likes to shoot film, too. She's like, she says, Mom, you know, I live on my phone all the time. And so this way I can put it down if I'm somewhere. And Everybody loves the pictures that, you know, I develop them for her. And everybody's always like, when are you going to develop your film? <laughs> I think it's so awesome, you know? It's like, it's it's neat that she sort of picked up on that bug, too, you know, of yeah. liking the aesthetic that film film can give us. But Absolutely. Definitely. Well, Billy, I wanted to ask you a question, um, kind of in combination with the previous question with sports and um, and mixing it with the analog. You have a picture that I just find, well, both Suzanne and I just found really fascinating. I'm going to show it to you. <laughs> okay. If you can, uh, yeah, if you can see it. And Oh, yeah. yeah. I know uh, that, you know, you listeners can't see it, but it's a uh, cyanotype of, uh, I'm guessing it's your son? No, Maybe. no, actually, that was, uh, I mean, Okay. I can tell you. Or, or did you have more to the question? <laughs> well, no, I was, I was just going to, yeah, you okay. can tell me a little bit later, but just what a cool image. <laughs> and yeah. I wanted so, to ask you about cyanotypes and mixing it with digital, you, you, you know, what your process was. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So the, the story behind that specific image. Uh, so after a decade of, of shooting sports that my son was involved in you know i i had the opportunity to take this workshop with 
and, and this was still in the all digital version of me yeah. <laughs> uh but took this workshop with peter reed miller who was formerly one of the sports illustrated photographers oh. and he did these workshops uh one on the west coast one in the east and so there would you know it would be like three or four days of intensive classroom uh you know talking about sports how to capture the moments how to edit the pictures afterwards all of those sorts of things but you know but given all of the connections he made over his career he you know had these opportunities for us to go out and shoot real events so that that picture was from a football game between the university of tennessee and byu in late 2019 and so uh you know that that was just like a a a dream fantasy (laughs) fantasy camp like they say you know um opportunity to go like you know shoot real big time sports with an actual sports illustrated photographer kind of you know teaching you and uh reviewing your images and and kind of that sort of thing so that was fun and then the the part where the cyanotype comes in is that um you know this was early in the process getting back into analog but before i had a dark room but wanting to figure out a way where i could make a print you know to have some sort of tangible uh thing related to an image i had made and even though that was a digital image originally um you know look looked up how to create a digital negative out of it so uh, for me that was in capture one so you just bring the image up in capture one and you invert it uh, you know turn it monochrome and then invert it and then print it out on uh, uh, just clear acetate like sort of like you know what they used to use the well, with the old overhead projectors in school just oh, sort of yeah. a, a a clear sheet of paper basically I, I guess but it's plastic instead of paper um and print it out in the size you want and then uh so then that becomes your negative and then i had watched a few videos youtube on how to do cyanotypes and ordered those chemicals and mixed them up and coated the paper and stuck the digital negative on top of it set it out in the sun for you know 10 or 15 minutes or whatever and 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 that's all there was to it that is so cool i you know i've never looked up i've heard of people talking about making digital or negatives from their digital files never had any clue so is that like an inkjet are you just putting ink onto this stuff and it stays or maybe it's a special yeah. paper that absorbs it okay it is a, it is a special paper but it is just a normal inkjet printer so oh. on that page there will be one side that's meant to be printed on and the I other see. side not not so much it'll smear got it the okay. ink when you print it and i yeah it, it, it will tell you if you if you pick some up which side you're supposed right. to. Right. Okay. No, that's so fascinating. You, you I know, it's really a really cool. cool image that you made in the first place, and the experience I'm sure was fantastic to have with that with that other photographer. And then I love that you did cyanotype. That's really cool. Yeah, it all came is just awesome. full circle, you know. <laughs> it's, that's right. It's true. Right. You know, I I'm glad you asked that, Suzanne, about what kind of printer because t- to tell me tell you the truth, I've tried 
my wife and I have tried doing um, digital negatives as well. Kind of weird taking images that I took with film, converting them, obviously color, converting them to black and white, inverting them, like you said, enlarging them to, I don't know, four by five and then printing them out. But we have a laser printer and it made these weird lines like it wasn't it wasn't a good good print or a good i guess print from the from the printer whereas right whereas this i mean it's just sharp razor sharp and crystal so cool so you made a five by seven digital i'm just reading that five by seven okay so you're using a a a inkjet printer right that's correct yes okay that might make Uh, the difference yeah, just a normal HP DeskJet twenty five forty. It's sitting oh, wow. right here next to me. Nice. <laughs> oh gosh, to know that you can do that at home. I it is. It's really <laughs> cool. Really Make cool. your own negatives, you know. Right. Very. Cool. Right, and, and to that original point, you know, just so, you know, that is a part of it for me was having that thing you could hold in your hand, and and cyanotypes are are really a cool way to to get into that. Yeah. I think. Absolutely. Definitely. Do you have a, do you have like a favorite thing you like to shoot <laughs> subject? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> your son is a big one. Um, but right. I, you, you have a really neat variety on your Instagram and I really love looking through everything. By the way, the second to last one you posted, hold on, I'm getting back there. I love oh, yeah. it. That tree in the mist. Oh man. Right. Oh my yeah. gosh. That is that image. Yeah. That needs to be printed big. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, is that, that's so... is that FOMA? FOMA pan? No, that was, uh, <laughs> actually that was FP4, which is probably oh. not the first choice for a foggy morning <laughs> being a 125 <laughs> speed film. But, uh, yeah, I was it's shooting. So, cool. so that was, yeah, that was towards the end of the year and I, ended up shooting a lot of fp4 at the end of the year i was i was kind of digging what it was giving me <laughs> so, nice. so good which, so do, do you which, like to shoot are you like about nature i mean i noticed you have a lot of nature some street some just family it looks like oh my goodness your son up in front of the stop sign right <laughs> i can't even believe that. like that is so cool <laughs> i love it, it. oh yeah, and another one i love your beat shots there's one of the chairs going mm-hmm. all the way down Right. right. So awesome. What's your what's your favorite thing? <laughs> Do you have one? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think probably the street stuff. I, you know, I, I, I do love all of them, but I think the street stuff <laughs> when during the actual shooting process is my favorite. I just like being <laughs> downtown and walking around and, and sort of uh, taking in the sights and, and either you know, going wide to try and get a whole building in or, or finding the little details to to take pictures of. And, uh, you know, it, it certainly and especially the last couple of years, there hasn't been a lot of people <laughs> around, yeah. yeah, which is which is what I like about, you know, maybe some of the more landscape focused shots. But but I've kind of been able to enjoy that part in the city as well the last couple of years. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I always wish like I never have I shouldn't say I never I don't always feel inspired by my city. But whenever I see other people's pictures, I'm like, 
I wish I could do that better because like, you know, you look back in at, I don't even know who's to reference, but at other people who shoot street and they have all the old architecture. I'm like talking to Danielle. Remember how she said each of her subdivision, like her little pockets of city have different architecture. I'm like, you should totally make a zine of that. (laughs) I'd like to do that. Um, but it's, I think it's so fascinating to be able to look back, not only like there's one that you have on here and it has a big closed sign, you know, like what are the things that are going out, out and what are the new things that are coming in and yeah. how fascinating that is and will be to look back at. Kind of Aww. like the evolution of the city, right? Yeah, totally. Oh Who's that? <laughs> this is my, uh, podcast puppy, Lula. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> What kind of dog is she? Uh, She's a dachshund. Oh, man. (laughs) She's so cute. I had a dachshund way back when I was a kid, and I just loved her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She was uh, she was yelping, so I thought. I, I didn't know whose dog pick... that was. I was like, "Well, mine's sleeping." So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry for that little. Uh, oh, that's okay. Uh, digression, but I. My I last agree podcast, with... my my dog was whining the whole oh, yeah. whole time through, and I didn't even hear it. So. <laughs> so don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Dan- uh, Danielle's photography is awesome you know I I love the work that she does as well and that's sort of uh, you know getting back to your question that's sort of like what I do when I say street photography I don't I don't mean the type that has all of the people in it and and you're walking up to people and uh, integrating them into it but yeah I mean mean, it's it is great and I think uh, sort of towards that last part that you were saying I mean I um here lately i because you know things you know despite everything going on in the world things still are changing so it's it's neat to be able to sort of document things before they change too much i think yeah yeah absolutely yeah so um when you think about i mean you're you're pretty fair like kind of like me kind of fairly new into the analog or reintroduction into the analog uh way of photography um what do you see as far as like the future of analog? Do you, being a Gen X extra yourself, do you see that this will continue to a younger, to younger generations? Uh, what's your thoughts on it? Um, I sure, I sure hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, and, and, you know, I tend to be kind of an optimistic person anyway. So, yeah, my own natural leaning is that, you know, it's, it's going to be a fringe thing, but I think it'll still be around. I yeah. think, you know, it. Uh, so I have a nephew who kind of got a little bit into photography um, a couple of years ago. He's a he's a Sony digital guy. And I was really trying, you know, at the start of the pandemic to, to bring him along on this analog journey with me. And he was initially resistant, but I think he's kind of gotten a little bit of the bug. Now he had his, uh, his father, my brother-in-law and his grandfather both had Canon AE ones that, um, that he, you know, had been handed down to him and they were just sitting in a box or whatever. So, uh, you know, kind of convinced him i think to dig them out and shoot a few shoot a couple of rolls you know just to see you know if it if it 
fit with him and and he's been doing a little bit of that so that was encouraging I, you know i i think you know i i would encourage anybody to give it a try i think it's great that both of you are are bringing up the next generation of film shooters as well so that's yeah. that's pretty awesome in my book um you know the overall industries you know of course i don't have any numbers or anything like that I, I i do feel you know this is what i would say kind of at a high level you know there are still people who are making daguerreotypes there's yeah. still people who are shooting wet plate i think as long as there is a human being on the planet who wants to shoot film there will be a way for them to make that happen i mean it might become you know, extremely expensive to do so or extremely inconvenient to do so, you know, but then it's going to be the people who who have the resources and or are very much in love with the process and, and dedicated to doing it. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope I hope it doesn't get quite to that point because, you know, it can be an expensive endeavor. And I would like, you know, for anybody and everybody who would like to do it to be able to do it. Right. Um, yeah. But just in terms of a, of a way to make images, I, I am optimistic that at least with, you know, for the duration of our lifetimes, it, it will still be around for us to do. I yeah. sure hope so anyway. I'm glad you say that because I feel like I'm really optimistic about it too. But you hear a lot of people, oh, no, it's not going to. It's, it's, you know, it's years are numbered. And I just don't, I, <laughs> you, I, I really feel like it will at some level be available. I hope it is affordable because I know with the whole you know, my daughter likes to shoot color. And so that's what where we're seeing most of those price hikes. And yeah. frankly, for her, it's not super affordable. Um, right. But I was able to find <laughs> some Kodak film still at Walgreens. Um, oh, wow. And it was still, it was like the Ultramax. And I think a box of three was $21. Nice. Whereas at my camera store, and I did support them, and I still bought three rolls before I realized how much it was. It was like it was double the price. It was forty-five yeah. bucks. And I was like, wow. "This is not. This is a consumer brand film. I don't or not brand. <laughs> I know. Right it's like we're not buying portrait here. I know. I know. Oh my goodness. It's so crazy, but yeah, I I hope it does as well. I hope that it it hangs tight, and you know, let's bring it back yeah, <laughs> even absolutely. more. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Well, you see, with the uh, the advent of. Uh, uh, Fujifilm Instax. I don't know how Instax works. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if it's like Polaroid, where the Polaroid has the developing chemicals in the, what, whatever you call that, the the, yeah. the paper, I guess, or yeah, in, in the substrate. I think it's the same. Okay. May, so, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I, I would assume it's the same. I'm like, assuming it's, it's, it's as a, well. <laughs> I don't me, imagine me having a printer right in the camera, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so with the advent of uh, Fujifilm Instax, I mean that's pretty popular among younger people, you know, and it's a type of type of analog photography that's continuing on, which is I I think it's really rad, you know. It is, and there, you know, the Instax does really great. Like I love, I have the Instax wide, and mm -hmm. then my daughter had the Instax Mini, which I'm not gonna lie, I hijacked that from her. <laughs> um, so I haven't seen it as much, and I'm like, this needs to be used. Um, but the images come out; they they still sort of have that vintage feel. They're not quite like Polaroid, but right. they're still very. Um, I don't know. They're they're really cool. I hope that that and it's a little bit cheaper. You know, if you don't, if you can't invest, you know, twenty dollars for eight shots, you can at least get 
I don't even, you can probably get double that for the Instax, okay. which is cool, but great right. images. And you're right, nice. that's, that's all a pretty common technology. I mean, I just bought the Diana Instant Square. So it's oh, using wow. Fuji Instax. So people are making cameras that can accommodate, you know, these other films. Exactly. Hopefully. That's a good sign. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's a great sign. It's a great yeah. sign. I agree. I agree. Do you have anything more, Suzanne? I don't think so. I was just over here while you guys were chatting, scrolling through your Instagram, Billy. Um, I don't think so. I just actually, I'm just curious. It's kind of tech, techie talk, but do you have favorite mm -hmm. films or do you have a favorite black and white? Or are you more a black and white lover or a color lover first? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think black and white is my comfort zone. Okay. Um, you know, if, if, push come to shove and 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 I could only have one I would probably go with HP5 just because I mean it's so versatile yeah you know I think it has given me usable results through you know whatever conditions I've I've thrown at it so you know if I if I if I could only have one that would probably be the one okay. I haven't shot as much color um you know, and, and there just aren't as many options either, obviously. Right. So it, it would be hard to to pick a color emulsion if if I had to go that route. But from for black and white, probably HP5. Although, you know, um, like I said, I, I shot a good bit of FP4 at the end of the year. Really enjoyed that, and and looking forward to seeing what I can do with FOMA this year. Yeah, I think you'll. If you haven't shot FOMA, I think you'll like it. Yeah. Is this, isn't the FOMA the same thing as Eurista? Am I remembering that well, correctly? I, I think so. You told okay. me about it first, and then I, okay. I saw it some, somewhere else. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I'm obsessed with Arista. It's almost almost all I shoot right now. I, I kind of like the idea for myself. I, I, of course, was just like you, where I was at a buffet. And, you know, it's like you mm -hmm. never quite learn. I don't know. I think, I think I would like to hone in a little bit more on one, too. And so I've primarily been shooting, like, I like Arista 100. My last couple of rolls were 400 and those turned out really nicely too, but the 100 is fantastic. And um, right. I don't even know why I started saying that. Oh, favorite <laughs> <laughs> I'm going off on my own tangent here. So well, well, I like, I, I'm more into the black and white at the moment as well, thankfully, because of the prices. Yeah. The uh, well, that, film project know. is pushing me into black and white for sure. <laughs> oh, oh, because yeah. you got, is it, I don't know much about it. Do you, is there like an expectation for a picture a day or you just shoot during the year or? It has to be one roll a month and oh, no. um, <laughs> it has to be cheap film, cheap okay. camera. That's the right. frugal film. And, um, and then you have to share it by the end of the month, I believe. That's okay. how it's set up i think that's the idea i've seen you know I, I didn't belong to the group in previous years but i've seen recently some results trickling in from you know november december so you know maybe it's not too strictly enforced okay. <laughs> but, but yeah well, I, I think yeah in general i think uh post yeah post them in the month you shoot them i think is the general okay. idea yeah well, I haven't cool. seen um, the 2022, the F FFP 2022. It's still the 2021. Mm -hmm. So I've just been, because I already, sh I went out on a walk one day and I shot all my shots and then developed okay. them. And so I've been just sharing them one, you know, one at a time. Um, mm -hmm. 
but it's still with the twenty uh, FFP twenty twenty one. So I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not. But right. Yeah. Anyways, well, um, one more question. Just thinking about uh, mm-hmm. films that you'd like to see coming back. I know. Uh, for me, I'm again pretty new into film photography, but man, I'd love to see infrared film coming back. Like mm-hmm. not black and white infrared, but color infrared. I just I love it, but I know it's not possible because of modern technology. They have infrared sensors to detect imperfections in the film, and so that would ruin the film as, oh. in, a, in a sense. Okay. And that's why they right. can't make it. Didn't know but, that. Interesting. Yeah, but uh, as far as you go, Billy, um, what are if you could have like any dream film stock either come back or a mm. brand new one come on the horizon what what do you think what would it be for you um so even though i don't shoot a lot of color um when i heard that uh fuji pro 400h was being discontinued i went ahead and bought a pro pack of it just to shoot it before it was gone and kind of um get a feel for that and and you know the the first roll I shot, not so great, but I think out of those five rolls, the more I shot, the better, you know, the results we're getting. I was getting yeah. a little bit, you know, better stuff out of it. And I've shot portrait in all, you know, 160, 400 and 800. And, and I like all of those fine, but I think what I got out of the, the Fuji pro 400 H was really nice. So, okay. you know, Shame it's been discontinued. I, I guess we will march on without it. But I, I guess to answer your question, if there was one, you know, to sort of bring back that, I, I get it now why people are are sorry to see it go. Um, because, I, you know, it, during those moments when, you know, maybe like we have an annual tulip festival here, uh, not far from me, you know, and that's a situation where you really want a color film. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can make nice, you can make nice black and white images uh, at a tulip festival, but uh, certainly a color, you know, color is a big part of that experience. And to have a good color film that you feel good about, that you can get good results out of, um, you know, you know, as much as I love black and white, I, I would be happy for any of these companies to invest the next year or two of their R&D budgets into color. Because I think, you know, that there's a lot of room for growth there. More more options. Yeah, well, definitely. Thinking, thinking about uh, companies, you know, investing R&D into color films uh, with the Lomachrome uh, turquoise uh, coming out. Did you right. get to pre-order any? Yeah, I have. I have. I'm oh, ready. Man. Cool. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait to see some tulips with a. Uh, yes. With oh my turquoise. gosh, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I might. I might have to wait a little while. I think you know the tulip festivals maybe in April, and we're not getting the film until oh. the summer. Oh yeah. So yeah. I, I may have to wait just a little while, but uh, yeah. But yeah, that would be fantastic. I, I I would love to see those results myself. I'm going to have to put that on the calendar. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Billy, thank you so much uh, for joining us. And what's your dog's name again? Lula. Lula, Lula. thank you for joining Lula. us. Aww. <laughs> Aww, she's so cute. <laughs> oh, she's so Yes, thank you so much, Billy. This was really fun to chat with you. 
Absolutely. Oh, it's been an honor. I I really do appreciate uh, y'all having me on. Sounds good. Looking forward to hearing uh, anything else coming from you in future times on other podcasts. Really looking forward to it. Yeah. So cool. Well, thank you guys uh, all for listening um, to this podcast with our esteemed guest, Billy Sanford. And as always, keep those analog vibes alive.